Hello, and welcome to Eyes and Vibes, the soccer podcast where we talk everything USMNT and sometimes more. I'm your host, Trevor Hickman, alongside my co-host and friend, Blake Woody. And Blake, we are on to another USMNT international window, which means tonight we talk expectations and hopeful takeaways. As I'm also in the mood for a fight, tonight we will be doing a hot take segment where Blake and I come up with three hot takes each and have to defend them to the death. But before we get into all this fun, how have you been, bro? Trevor, I've been good. I've been good, bro. Um, hope the same for you. Yeah, we're just just working. You know, I feel like I say that a lot, Trevor, but <laughs> you, you know how I know you know how it goes to your class and everything now. Oh, sort of, you know, the dog days of summer sort of trickling over into fall. Um, but just been grinding, working, and yes, sir, things have been pretty, pretty good. Other than that, I'm excited for tonight. Do a little first take style here. I just, I just hope I don't, you, I don't like get Max Kellerman, you know, like Ooh, you know, turn yeah. to Stephen A and like push no, me you off. Gotta watch everything. it. So gotta hey. be careful here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, how you been doing? Yeah, man, good. Uh, first off, I gotta apologize to all you listening. Um, it's been a minute since our last episode, and a lot of that's come down to uh, recently I took. Uh, my next one of these exams that I'm taking, uh, you know, uh, for these courses uh, for the CFP, you know, I do about one every month and a half. Uh, so there's usually a radio silent period of about a week to two weeks before uh, I take that where I don't even really do the podcast. So I, I guess a podcast silent period, but <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so, so I've finished with that now. Uh, so now it's back to hitting the books and uh on to the next one so we can uh we can get back to pretty consistent um you know uh sharing on thursdays and that's when our pot will come out so um yeah with that being said though uh you know i'm not the only one that has recently been testing myself um the usmnt has as well uh there have been some guys that have gone to different moves in Europe and a lot of them are paying off. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that's a good way to start our show for tonight uh, because we look at this upcoming USMNT camp and the games we're going to play. And and this is, this is better competition, Blake. This isn't Uzbekistan and Oman. This is, these, these are teams that can cause problems. So the, the way that I kind of want to start it out is, um, you know, let's, let's start with, the the basics here and that is do you think we're going to play the same bog standard 433 formation that greg will die on or do you think we're going to switch it up you know trevor i really like sort of the variation of it but i loved that double pivot um, I saw 29 on Twitter mentioned that we might be doing it. So I hope so. But that we ran back in Nations League with Musa mm. McKinney there and Reina ahead of them um, as in that 10 role. I really would like to see that again because I just remembered. I feel like that really sort of unlocked Geo there. And I know I think we'll talk a little bit later of how much we expect to see Geo in some of these games. Um, but, you know, especially if he's able to get onto the field for an extended period of time. I would sort of like to see that double pivot in there, Trevor, and uh, see that run again. Because, again, I feel like I've said it a lot here, Trevor. But, I mean, those two games were probably the best I've seen this team look in so long. And I I just want to see more of it and see if we can continue sort of building 
with that core group, you know, with all the moves and limited games since then and health issues and everything, we haven't really been able to see all those guys on the field, that nation's league winning team together. So um, I would like to sort of run that back and see that more, especially against, as you said, two really strong opponents. But sure. what, what are your thoughts? Well, well, first off, let, let me say uh, on that, um, I like the idea. Mm-hmm. I think that that was intended with Malik Tillman in mind. He mm-hmm. uh, He's now pulled out with injury. Yeah. So my question Which becomes, is so sad, by yeah. the way. Like, he's been playing so well. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. There is an injury, but it's really a light injury. It this is more of a cardio break for Malik, from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, there he is technically injured, yes, but something tells me when PSV gets back up into league play in a week or two here, um, he will be back out there with uh, no lingering complications let's just say so mm-hmm. that whole situation uh it, it you know i've talked about it before i think it's a good thing that um not that he's missing you know that's unfortunate but i think it's a good thing that he is in a position where the club is basically saying hey hold off you you've played a mm-hmm. lot of minutes just rest up a bit that's a lot better than you've played no minutes uh you can head off to the camp a week early if you'd like that's you know? true. That's a great point. Because this is the opposite of the desk situation where he was at Milan and Milan said, uh, you want to go play a friendly, a, a cash grab in the U.S.? Go for it. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we, <laughs> this is the very opposite. And it's what we should be hoping for and what we're getting. So mm-hmm. for me, yeah, that's that's a win. But going back to my original question back to you, though, mm-hmm. do you think that if it's not Tillman, and let's say Reyna comes in at the half. Are you willing to continue to test this formation with a guy like Zendejas, who was his replacement at the 10? Or is that too much of a gap in talent and a gap in ability versus these teams that you would go back and revert to the traditional Greg tested 4-3-3? Yeah. I mean, you know, personally, I'd like to see them just run it because, yes, this these friendlies are, you know, I'm doing air quotes right now. They are big in that, you know, it's hard, Trevor, especially with, you know, really the only big competition we have before 2026, the Copa America. Uh, You know, you have to value opportunities like this against competition like Germany and Ghana because Mm -hmm. you don't know how many opportunities we're going to have like this. Yeah, but at the same time, we're still three years out from the World Cup. It is still a friendly, so I think there is, you know, some opportunity to experiment a little bit there. Um, I, I think it's key to sort of find that balance. But yeah, to I guess overall answer your question, I'd, I'd be comfortable with with sort of trying that with a guy like Zendejas in there as well. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because because there's no real right answer there. It's just more of a. You know, we will get a sense of it, but it will obviously be with a player that is not seen as a USMNT starter, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, well, and I think that moves us on well to uh, talking about the 10 situation with Gio Reyna. So, first off, great to see pictures of him, pictures of him smiling during trainings uh, and, you know, arriving to the camp. 
he obviously is open and willing to getting back with the national team. And that for the U.S. is a great thing because I've argued it time and time again. I think he is our most important player um, and our player with the highest potential ceiling. Many, many disagree with me on that. However, I, I stick with it and I believe it. And even if he isn't, let's say he's only top three. Uh, I'd rather not lose a top three guy because of, uh, you know, bickering. So mm-hmm. let's let's say that's been moved on with uh, to the level that, you know, they may not love each other. Greg and Gio are never going to be best friends, but they don't need to be. They just mm-hmm. need to be able to work with each other. Uh, and I think they're back to that point. So that was great to see. But yeah, in terms of his minutes, it's an interesting one because you got to be careful not with his injury that he got this past time. I actually don't think that's the issue because <laughs> you're not going to re-break your leg. You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there are some injuries where you get worried. All right, he's going to pull his hamstring again or something like that. You're not going to re-break your leg. That that mm-hmm. won't. I, I mean, uh, let's hope not. You know, I'd knock on wood here, but <laughs> I, don't even, I didn't even prepare for that scenario. But, you know fingers crossed that is not a a thing that can happen medically um so that's not the worry the worry for me is his fitness levels right now can he really go you know 70 to 90 versus germany versus ghana both teams that are going to definitely test him press him and force him to be at his very best Mm -hmm. i don't have the faith he can currently and I, I don't think we should try and force him to in a meaningless or, you know, relatively meaningless friendlies. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, I, I would definitely be an advocate for 45 in each game. Um, mm-hmm. I would bring him on at the half both times. Tell him ahead of time, Geo, this is what you're going to do. This is how it's going to go. Um, so he knows he's prepared. He's ready. And he can say yes or no, depending on how he's feeling. But I think that's the move personally. I, I get wanting to start him, and I guess you could make the argument he could start and play 45, but either way, at halftime, he's either coming on or coming off for me. What about you? Yeah, Trevor, I, I agree. I agree with that. I think a half in each game is pretty good. Um, just since he's like coming so fresh off it, too, I wouldn't be opposed to maybe like coming on and maybe like the 60th minute or so yeah. against Germany mm-hmm. and then maybe try to do the full half against Ghana and sort of just sort of progress up there. So maybe I'll go with that as my official. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I was just thinking too, you, you know, it's going to be like the 82nd minute and we're going to be like <laughs> staring at Greg and be like, uh, Greg, uh, um, clock's you know, running, but I mean, yeah. he is healthy. Like you can put him out there, you know? So, <laughs> but I'll, I'll go my official. I'll say, let's do 30 against Germany, which, you know, as I was just saying, and I, I'm I'm with you. I, I think Geo really has like like highest potential of this group, and really can be the guy um, for this national team. Uh, so I want to see him out there too. But um, I'll, I'll go 30 against Germany and the full half against against Ghana, just just to make sure. Because like you said, it's you know you don't want to risk some other things popping up just because of the lack of fitness. So. Right, right. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah, okay. That's a good one. And then uh, you know, moving into Germany itself, uh, you know, when you look at the USMNT and our strengths and our weaknesses, um and Germany and their strengths and weaknesses, where do you think 
we could potentially exploit Germany? Or where do you think there's an area we could get an advantage over, you know, a powerhouse? Yeah, Trevor. So I look at the midfield, I think, as we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know Germany has a strong midfield too, but, um, you know, great. Um, Geo, obviously, we'll see how much he's in there, but specifically Musa and McKinney. Mm-hmm. I want to see those two guys, and I think they can have a really great presence in this game, um, largely because of their club form. They've been playing great. You know, we saw Yunus Musa with that assist to Pulisic, which is just freaking awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Dude. Oh my gosh. American like, to American. And Pooley, honestly, Pooley, you know, sick, sick. Yeah, dude, that was that amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, you know, Musa has been great, especially the last few games, and is looking to really sort of get settled in at Milan there. And Wes is Wes and Way have both sort of had um good starts at UV to mm-hmm. this season, sort of going back and forth with each with each other, which is sort of you know interesting to see. Um, but We'll see, right? Isn't uh, I saw Wes's dad though is trying to get him back into midfield, right? Isn't that yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, thing, so. for it. and uh, hey, Allegri put him in there last time, yeah. So you never know, maybe he's got the ear of the coach, <laughs> maybe exactly. And then, um, you know, I, I'm all for it to more opportunities to get them both on the field, but um, I, I really want to see those guys in particular, and I think they um, could be difference makers in this game. Uh, but what about you? Yeah, so I think those are those are good uh, good answer. Um, I, I'm going to flip it to mm-hmm. Germany's weaknesses, um, mm-hmm. yeah. and one of the areas where I think they might be a little weak is uh, is center back. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not convinced by their center backs currently. Uh, I know that you know apparently uh, I've, I've heard that uh, Mats Hummels might be called up again. Um, it's been a long time since he was last. Um, out there uh, for mm-hmm. Germany. So he's definitely older, slower. Um, Nicholas Sule, uh, another guy that just slower. Um, although, actually, he's technically a little quicker than people think, but he t- he's not agile. So uh, that's where I look and I go, okay, both of our strikers that we have out there and our wingers are both fast and agile players. Any combination of of the you know, Wea, Pepe, or Balogun, uh, Polisic, um, you know th- th- that's probably going to be our our four there in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And I think all of them have the pace element over Germany. Now, for the wingers, it's a little tougher playing outside because Germany is fast, um, but. They're fast on the outside. They're not fast on the inside. So that's where I go. If we can get it into our striker, you've seen Balogun not through strength, but through skill, turn players before. Um, You've seen him get in the right position to finish on a goal. And that's where I go. I, I think that's an area where we can run in behind Germany. And they've shown they're liable to that as well in the past. Um, You know, they they've conceded some pretty rough goals uh, in transition. And that's an area where I think we could really excel if they choose to play a high line, which they're going to be, you know, trying to show that they are a powerhouse. And by doing that, they're going to want to play aggressive and more on the front foot, which does require a high line. So if they do that, 
uh, I think there's going to be areas to exploit. So for me, it's the strikers. I would look there, and I think that's where you're going to find uh, find some fun. So mm-hmm. uh, that's what I'd say. Um, yeah, if I had to predict uh, the scores for both of these uh, games, I would say I think we get a 1-1 draw with Germany. Um, mm-hmm. And then I would say I think we get a 2-1 win over Ghana. I like it. I like it. I was going to go 2-2 with Germany, so draw there as well. Okay. And, you know, Trevor, we'll, let's go 3-1 against Ooh, Ghana. all right. Yes, okay. sir. Yep. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. All right. Yeah, and I think that this is a big one for Greg because if he can show that he can coach versus tougher teams like this, you know, tactically, that starts to answer some tactical questions. There are obviously many other questions about him um, from a soccering sense that need to be answered, but addressing something is uh, is better than nothing. So for me, you know, that's what I look to is you want to find a positive you know, that's where one could potentially be. So that's what I'll say. Um, but I think it's time to uh, to turn up the heat a little bit. And uh, let's let's get into hot takes time. That sounds uh, good to me. First take. Let's do this. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. So I'm going to go first on my first one uh, and give you a chance to uh, give your reaction. Mm-hmm. And my first one is I would rather the USMNT have called up Benja Kramashi over Zendejas as our replacement. Mm-hmm. What are what's your re- interesting? Initial? Yeah, interesting, Trevor. <laughs> so I know you know in his last appearances, Zendejas did not inspire that much. I know, but I don't know. Like we were talking, did Benja show enough to you? I mean, his last appearance, you think, to get this call up back right now already again? I'm not even sure it's that, Blake. I mean, for me, Benja was serviceable at best, but but here's the important thing: he's playing a lot of minutes. He's shown that he has upside potential. I feel like with Zendejas, we know the player he is now. There's not a lot of room for growth, and we're why are we going to call up a guy that's like pretty much where he's at for a friendly where we're trying to test out new competition? And the other thing I'd say, and this is the real crux of my argument, we called him in as a replacement for Malik Tillman. Mm-hmm. That indicates to me that he will be used at the cam roll. I do not believe that Zendejas has the comfort and ability on both feet that he needs to play centrally. I feel he's wasted there. And that's why I would say Benja is the option here because he is able to play on both feet. He does look a little bit more, he may be far more inexperienced and honestly currently maybe a worse player. But that's not enough to deter me from calling him as the replacement purely because of where he's going to be playing. I feel that. And I respect that. I I like Kramashi, too. And I I hope we get him. I hope he commits the U.S. over Argentina in the future. And I'd like to play for Argentina, bro. There's no chance. Yeah. And people say, oh, okay, he might. But look at their midfield. There's no shot. (laughs) It's going to be tough. (laughs) 
they're not going to call on an NLS guy. Like, okay, obviously they have Tiago yeah. Almada, but like, I think he'd have to move before yes, before he get or, the discussion or, there. Or become like one of the top players in it, very yeah. top players in MLS, and even then he's getting you know four minutes off the bench during an entire World Cup run. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's so, fair. That's that's my first hot take. Uh, what is yours? Okay. Um, God, that's fair, man. My first hot take, Trevor. <laughs> um, all right. So my first hot take is the U.S. MNT's expectations in the upcoming Copa America should be to make the semifinals at worst. Whoa. Anything else is a failure. Blake, that that is a crazy take. All right. What? We we have not played in a Copa in a long time. Mm-hmm. The guys we have are now tested in the World Cup. Sure, they're tested in CONCACAF. They have not been tested in CONMEBOL. They have, they have not. Uh, um, and, you know, this is a totally different beast. It's going to be an environment that is so unfriendly to the traditional sit in the grass, prance around, pass a bit, maybe score a late winner. That won't work. And I think we're going to be in for a rude awakening. If I have to give the devil's advocate position here, Mm -hmm. I'd be worried, man, because these guys don't have the experience. So why do you think that we will make it that far or or could? So two things, two things at first, Trevor. Mm. First, that environment Still be played in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Home field advantage. Still got that. Second thing, and this, this is one of my big things. This is at least expectation-wise. Mm-hmm. The last time we were in the Copa America, Trevor, we made the semifinals. Twenty Again, I know 2016, long time ago. Mm-hmm. But looking at that team and the talent level we have now, well, I get the landscape's different, too. A lot of countries in South America have also, in Conmable, have made a lot of progress since that time as well. But considering that team back then with, what, 16-year-old prom Christian Pulisic uh, being one of the feature guys, um, this team now, I think the expectation should be to make it at least as far as that team did back then. So do do you feel like, you know, I mentioned the atmosphere specifically Mm -hmm. because, you know, what I will say is we've kind of, I wouldn't say it's quite to that level but we've kind of felt that in denver when it came to the you know the nation's league final um Mm -hmm. that was a pretty hostile environment for playing on friendly soil so maybe we have you know to an extent done that and that is a level of experience but man there are some really good teams and there will be rabid support uh, for some of these South American countries, so I I, I don't know, man. Um, but but I, I I guess I see the point. I, I like it, and you're right. There is precedent for it, so maybe it's not impossible. But yeah, yeah. it'll help. As th- that's a good point you're saying too. It'll help the venue who's that we get assigned to. Uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> also, Trevor, I um something that I keep on forgetting. We still have to actually qualify for Copa America. <laughs> oh, um, oh, this isn't is... that. I know I keep on forgetting that, but it, I believe it's going to be in November. Um, and like nation, there's like nations league. It's like for like the nations league quarterfinal. Like it's like the next step in that process for next year. But we technically are gonna. Um, I looked up a while ago. There's like a home and away that we're gonna have with 
you know, it'll be some country coming up who's like in the qualifying process right now. It's 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 a match we should win, but <laughs> we're still gonna have to do. <laughs> Heard that before. Yeah. I know, I know. So okay, okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, okay, good first hot take. Um, second one here. So and this co- this stems off of his two missed penalties a few weeks ago. Flo Balligan is so naturally talented, I don't actually believe he can be impacted by bad form enough to be benched. Say that one more time. Flo Balligan is so naturally talented, I don't actually believe he can be impacted by bad form enough to be benched. Gosh, man, you're making this hard for me to be the Max Kellerman here. Like, <laughs> you should literally hear my last, my last hot take is going to be like completely juxtaposing what I'm about to say. So, <laughs> literally, like, oh my gosh. Okay, but but taking the opposite side yes. here uh-huh. is that all players suffer bad form at mm. points in their career, Trevor, and flows is going to be one of them, and it's going to happen. Those t- two penalty misses. Broke my heart. I'm glad to see he bounced back. But no matter how talented they are, um, you know, unless you're like, you know, Messi or Ronaldo, there's going to come a time where it it might just have to happen, where they're going to have to sit for a few games. And Hmm. that's that's going to be okay. But um, sometimes it's just it's just has to happen. And that's that's about the best I got there. So. Yeah, so f- from a talent standpoint, here's where I go with this. I-, mm. I just genuinely think he he stands out so much that it doesn't really matter if he's in bad form because he just has that much of an advantage over the next guy they could play in the lineup. You know, mm-hmm. outside of Ben Yedder, who they played a two-striker formation the other day, by the way. So this was mm. – he played alongside Ben Yedder, which means – He's not competing with Ben Yedder. They're both competing um, on the, at the same time. So, so he's competing with the next guy up. And who's that? Uh, I don't really even know Blake. And that's yeah. <laughs> how you know Flo is doing well. But he he had arguably one of the more terrible games I've ever seen when he missed those two penalties. That was horrendous. Mm-hmm. And that had the potential to just knock him down. And honestly, you know, he probably was feeling it mentally until he went right back up the field and snap scored in like 20 minutes in his next game. And that's where you go. If you saw how quickly he scored and how he just turned, how quickly he pivoted, it's just not natural. I mean, it is, but but he's so easy with it that him getting in his own head doesn't matter. He still has such a competitive advantage. If he gets enough shots on goal, he's still going to score and he's still going to outperform. So that's where I go with my second hot take. Uh, what What is yours? That's fair, Trevor. I, I get what you're saying there. And, you know, I guess I'll do my Balogun hot take now, too. Might as okay. well pair them together. <laughs> so we'll just go back and forth on this. So yeah. I'm going to say by the end of his career, um, Flo will be the best USMNT striker um, to have played. Hmm. Okay. Um. All right. If I'm going to go hot take on that, I would say... Uh, okay, this is kind of tough. Um, I would say it's going to be Pepe. 
Um, yeah. that, that would be my hot take. I think that Flo is a very, very good player. Um, I think Pepe could potentially be even better in terms of his finishing is truly some of the best I've seen out there. You know, he gets Lewandowski shouts, and I don't – I think that's a little absurd, but if you look at how easily he finishes and how consistent he is with it, you know, I, I think that Pepe could be very, very good. So I guess my counter to what you're saying is not that he can't be that good to be the best ever. It's that Pepe's just going to be a little bit better than that. And mm. that's why he won't be. So that I guess that's what I'd say. I, I like the positive spin on that. I, I really like the positive spin. Um, my sort of follow-up question for you, Trevor, because mm. I guess in saying this, um, I'm considering, I, I know he played a little bit in the midfield in his career as well, but yeah. so do you agree though that Balogun will be better than Landon Donovan? Who yes. A lot of people still have. Okay. Yep. Uh, and, and honestly, yep. he's yep. he's not my USMNT goat. You know, that, mm-hmm. that that's Clint Dempsey for me. Yeah, I, I think it's the same for me. I, I, like, I, they're close. I they're close. Landon was a very good player and he had a lot of impact and he was very talented. But he gets a lot of credit for the Algeria goal. I, I mean, yeah. like you can't look away from that and the impact of one goal there on his aura basically you know and mm-hmm. i think he's very good but i you know clint clint's my guy you know i just think his his mentality his fight and his ability for me he, he is you know the usmnt best that we have had to offer and i do think that it's possible that peppy and or Balgan pass him um with a combination of talent and a willingness to, you know, go abroad and fight and fight hard. So that's what I'd say. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Last hot take here. Um, and I'll start with mine. Uh, Johnny Cardozo is a must start this window and will pass a healthy Tyler Adams to become our starting defensive midfielder. Oh, that's that's hot right there. Trevor. That's <laughs> a hot one. Um, oh, that's a hot one. I, I like Johnny too. Don't get me wrong. I yeah, I want to put a positive spin on this one as well. No, uh, no. But, no. Uh, I, yeah, I I will go against, especially your second point there, because um, I still believe in Tyler. I know the injuries are so frustrating, and it's frustrating there popped up again how, how long is he going to be out for again this time trevor oh uh, there's no timeline he's going back oh, to the gosh. u.s to have surgery that's not good at all it'll be 20, it'll be 2024 2024 when he comes back he's can still be such a key player for this team i think you know the unfortunate part for tyler um i think things are, are so close between him um wes and musa that especially if those two continue to really gel. And uh, as we were saying earlier, if they continue to really play well together, yeah, it might be hard for Tyler to crack the starting lineup if those two really get established in there. But I'm still such a believer in Tyler's game and just what he brings to the overall team. Um, you know, being the captain, um, his mentality. And I, I like Johnny too, but I just, I don't know. 
Um, and, and in terms of Johnny starting, um, I, I definitely want to see Johnny on the field, but you got to do Wes, Wes, and uh, Wes and Eunice. So here's what I'll say, and mm. that is, uh, it's a combination of two things. The first thing is Johnny Cardozo is in insane form, and he has now been tested in some very, very tough environments. You know, if you look at the Brazilian league, uh, it is not easy at all. Every week he's facing another guy named like Kevin or Johnny, and they all have the ability to, you know, do rainbow flicks and make people look stupid. And he doesn't fall for the antics or the tricks. He's just solidly consistent, so consistent that Internacional said, we're not letting you move this window because we're going far in Copa Libertadores and we want you available because you are our starter. That is a vote of confidence. And then on the other side of things with Tyler, I have concerns about his one-dimensionalness. He is a bulldog. He he scraps, he fights. He is the American mentality. He is a good tackler. He thrives in chaos. But and he's a leader. But I feel like he lacks some areas that a true good CDM could have, like ball progression, like dribbling ability, like, uh, you know, attacking <clears throat> mentality. Um, and, and I think Johnny possesses that. So for me, you know, it is it is a hot take for sure. But, but I think that Tyler Adams' leadership is the one thing that, you know, seemingly can't be replaced. But I feel like we could find some decent substitutes for it in the guys that are emerging in our lineup. So that's my hot take. What is your final one? Yeah, fair enough on that as well. Uh, my final one, Trevor, all right, this, is, this one might be a little bit hot too. So I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to hear your reaction. But uh, Tim Ream will make the 2026 World Cup roster. Wow. Okay. At the spry age of, I believe it would be 38 at that point. Okay. Wow. Um, all right. So if I'm going to give the, the anti, um, 38 is really old to be playing for a, a true starting role or, or not starting role, but like um, mm-hmm. for, for a big competition like that. Um, and I also think as he gets older, we're going to want to kind of pass him on in that, we're going to want to bring up other guys, our new guys, our guys that could potentially impact the future, not just 2026, but 2030, you know, 2034, those World Cups. So I think we're going to naturally put him out to pasture as time goes on, even with his form, which has admittedly been dipping a little bit at Fulham this season. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'd say. Yeah, that fair. My, my rebuttal, I guess, you know, as you said, the form has been dipping a little bit, but he still put some good performances out there. I think overall, Tim Ream, it just, you know, he's got counted out years ago and his form just over on the overall continued to rise. And mm-hmm. who's to say it can't happen again? And just another sort of uh, late flourishing in Tim Ream's career. And yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I don't think he wouldn't be starting in it. No, but, no. Uh, but, but, you, but even roster, making it, yeah. Some veteran leadership. Um, maybe, yeah, that, you know, that gets massive. them in. Yeah. So, um, anyways, but that is my final hot take. I can, you know, I, I could, I could maybe see that. I, I like it. It's, it is bold. Um, but 
yeah, you know, he has kind of fought off Father Time, and and there is no there's no guaranteeing that someone is going to come and completely pass him for what he brings, better in leadership wise on the bench as well. You know, yep. So yeah, uh, well, well, we'll we'll see, man. We'll see, but uh, but yeah, I, well. I think that'll about do it for our episode today. Um, yeah, switch things up a bit. Have have a hot take session. I uh, it's good, you know, argue against each other a bit. Need to do a bit more of that. But uh, but yeah, I think this sets us up well for uh, an interesting week of USMNT with uh, Germany and Ghana. And we'll uh, of course you know talk about how those went uh, after they happened. But uh, but thanks for, so much for coming on to the uh, the pod as always, Blake. Trevor, thanks for having me as always. That was a fun one. I, I enjoyed the back and forth there. That was a good time. <laughs> yeah, just kind of switch it up a little bit, you know. Yes, and, sir. Uh, we'll we'll probably bring that back at some point uh, with different hot takes where Blake and I don't inadvertently agree on a non-talked about because we didn't cover this beforehand. <laughs> uh second hot take <laughs> yeah yeah they were slightly different a little bit <laughs> i mean a little bit we had to like know. we did this uh like oral arguments like moot court and law school trevor and you sort of mm-hmm. had to like i think in the class portion of it you had to like flip sides and like, yeah argue that's what i kind of other like. sides so sort of yeah. exactly I had to you know get get both sides of the coin there <laughs> exactly exactly cool well uh yeah um We'll uh, we'll probably record a new one uh, next, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday or uh, or the one after that for sure at latest. So uh, stay tuned for that. And um, yeah, we really appreciate you guys listening. Mm-hmm. Thank you all. And as always, keep vibing.